Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. For the first time in nearly three months, VGK is not in first place in the Western Conference. Pete DeBoer's stars blanking the Golden Knights yesterday four to nothing. How is Bruce Cassidy addressing this home slump? And where is the veteran leadership? We'll talk about all that. Much, much more ahead right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco, Chris Gullick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. You can find us on Twitter at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G, at Lockdown VGK, and please subscribe to the YouTube channel. So, Chris, Golden Knights shut out at home. You covered the game yesterday. Four to nothing was the final. It was an embarrassment, to be quite honest. Uh, Pete DeBoer's Dallas Stars took it to the VGK. Lackluster performance, lackluster effort by VGK. Uh, Golden Knights saw that seven game win streak against the Western Conference uh, Central Division come to a halt yesterday. And uh, Jamie Benn just uh, scored from the beginning. Um, the game winner, right? 545 uh, at that mark of the first period off of a uh, turnover uh, by McNabb. In, in doing so, BGK has now given up with that first goal, the first goal in eight of the last nine games. So, just give us your perspective of the way things went yesterday for the Golden Knights and how do they fix it? I think it's important to start by acknowledging Pete DeBoer's presence last night for from the compete level and, um, you know, the fact that beers? it was... Drinking beer level? He did. So, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, you know, you see DeBoer and you, you are reminded of some of the good, not because, you know, his team came and kicked our butt or anything like that, but, you know, he just has a, a smile and a pizzazz about him and just kind of a way he... Uh, he works a room, so to speak. So, you know, DeBoer's a good dude. He had his issues as far as, you know, maybe the way things went down at the end of uh, his run here in Vegas. But it was nice seeing him. The fans, I would say it was about a, a 90-10 split for uh, cheers. And you had a couple clowns, uh, you know, booing when they were doing the tribute video and stuff like that, which is expected, whatever. But, you know, listen, good on DeBoer. It was a vintage Pete DeBoer victory where you do get some traffic to the net. Two of the three of the goals were just like that, where – uh, LT couldn't see it. Deflections. There's nothing any goalie in the universe is going to do unless it simply hits him. So, you know, let's credit DeBoer and the Dallas Stars for executing a good game plan, taking it to the VGK. And um, I, I was on the home side, but I was talking to um, some of the people I've gotten, uh, you know, just to kind of connect with in the media side. Uh, Stephen Marsh, who does a lot with the AHL, uh, he was over with DeBoer. And I guess uh, he made a comment that he was going to chug his first beer in 30 years, which got Danny Webster like, what happened at the All-Star game last year? Because if you remember, DeBoer was absolutely hung hung the heck over when he was coaching that game. But I think he was alluding to the fact that he hasn't physically chugged a beer, like, you know, in one in one hit. So, you know, listen, <laughs> the Vegas Golden Knights, maybe this doesn't sound good. Now, the Vegas Golden Knights allowed Pete DeBoer, a former arch enemy in his own words, a former arch enemy, to walk right into uh, the place where he wasn't wanted. He kicked our butts. He chugged a beer on his way out. Mike drop, exit DeBoer. Okay, so VGK welcomed back Pete DeBoer uh, by, playing, by playing his offensive style circa 2021 20 It wasn't even that. It wasn't Everything even that. was on the outside at the beginning of the game. It wasn't even that, Tony. Like, 
there were some shots that kind of got through, but you know, and I've said this before, like you think back to the Nashville game when Nashville did jump out to the lead and VGK got back in it. You felt like things were, you know, VGK would claw back in. There was nothing yesterday. There was nothing. That first goal was um, a poor, poor execution, completely poor execution. McNabb throws it right at Amadio's feet. And, you know, Amadio's got to also find a way to accept that pass, but you can put that in either one of them. Jamie Ben, right place, right time, you know, right down Broadway and uh, rocks it, rockets it right past LT. And the other two goals, again, vintage Pete DeBoer goals, just, you know, that spray and pray from uh, the point, get some traffic there. And, you know, Dallas didn't play that well yesterday, though, either. That's the thing. The VGK did not do enough to win, but Dallas did enough not to lose. Um, I think if Dallas plays a team that shows up, I don't think Dallas has uh, the same outcome. And VGK didn't need to do a whole lot to win that game. But, you know, I guess Dallas had something figured out. I mean, DeBoer obviously does know this building. He does know a good chunk of these players. He does know, you know, how these players perform when some of the top talent is gone as well. So, you know, maybe you do got to give a little more on DeBoer for um, his uh, knowledge of Vegas and this team for uh, putting together the proper game plan and uh, chugging a beer on the way out, uh, you know, flashing and flashing deuces. <laughs> All right. So this was sloppy hockey from the beginning. Uh, the two Dallas below goals slop, below sloppy talked hockey. about. We'll keep going. Okay. You should give uh, a couple of assists to Alex Petrangelo because he had a couple of deflections that went into the net. Another L for Logan Thompson. L as in Logan. Three in a row, though, since the All-Star yes. break. Uh, since yes. he was named an All-Star, I should say. That's tough. Yeah, no, you're. It, it's fair, Tony. And you look back at some of the other games, he, LT has not been playing well. In this game, there's nothing. Aiden Hill would have started that game. Marc-Andre Fleury would have started that game. Robin Leonard would have started that game. It, it just doesn't It doesn't matter. The goalie had no relevance on the outcome of this game. But big picture, yes, LT has not had the numbers since the All-Star break. And Aiden Hill on the other side has been playing a little bit better. His numbers don't necessarily support like with save percentage and goals against, but you know, right now the team is winning in front of Aiden and, and not necessarily winning as much in front of Logan. So I think it's pretty, um, I think it's a very safe assumption that we're going to see Aiden Hill on Thursday against Detroit. And real quick nugget about Detroit. So um, it was mentioned to me that Nick Lidstrom, I think he's the president of Hockey Ops now, was was down, you know, like, I don't know, six, seven, eight chairs from me. So was Iserman. So was Fisher. Like all of this Detroit royalty was at, was in the building last night, just hanging out at the coffee clutch uh, at intermission. Just an absolute. It was it was remarkable being that close to that level of hockey, just royalty. So just shout out for uh, you know what those uh, fellows did for that organization, what they're still doing for that organization. And it's kind of funny that they're already here in Vegas instead of you know what in Colorado where they got shellacked. And are they even going to go to Arizona? Or are they just going to stay in Vegas and party until Thursday? You know, I'm starting to believe that a lot of this, that they pinned the blame on Pete DeBoer for this team coming out with a lack of emotion last year. It wasn't his fault at all. This is the fabric. This is the makeup of this team. You have to believe that because this is circa last season. Okay. We saw this a year ago, Chris. They come out lackluster. They don't even want to play. You could tell that they, they had no emotion. Uh, I don't care if Mark Stone is out or what have you. He's the captain. He's the one. But we'll talk later about the veteran leadership or the lack thereof at times. I hear what you're saying, and it's hard to argue the points. But there was a much different mindset on this podcast, every other podcast, on the 
the AT&T TV and the Fox Sports radio calls and everyone else that covers this covers this team after the first, you know, 45 days of, you know, it's all coming together. Oh my god, now I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Oh my god. Now I'm going to have a meme. Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> what is going on here? Oh my goodness. All right, we need to uh, stop video. We keep having the shakes here. Yeah. Oh, this is what happens. Wow. Tony, we uh you we have the yips. Spon- we need some sponsors. We need some you sponsors. We need some new equipment, guys. <laughs> you have the yips like the Dallas Cowboys place kicker. Okay. Is, ooh, so- ooh, and, and the game doesn't go over because of that. Um, so back to where I was going really fast here, and then I'll turn it back here. Things were going better. And just like, but this is also what happened last season. This team was in the playoff hunt for most of the season last year. They were leading the division as far as into February. So there were times when things were going well. And, you know, now let, let's, 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 let's turn, let's get behind the curtain a little bit more here. Max Pacioretty. Max Pacioretty was onto something, guys. Max Pacioretty, it felt like we, I took, I took Tony's thunder. It felt like um, Pacioretty was just uh, blowing some smoke on the way out, maybe not happy about things. No, Pacioretty was onto something. Was it as bad as he's, you know, the picture he painted? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Really curious to see. And, and they have a day off today, Tony. They have, they have a day off today, by the way. Yeah. So Alec Martinez, next injury, next man up. He oh, went out and uh, no one even knows why or what we were talking third. about last night. No one has see, anything. You didn't see anything. Nothing. Okay. None, none um, of the media has anything. We all have, like four of us were talking about it last night. Okay. I just overrated yesterday uh, that minute 50 in the offensive zone at the end of the first period. Okay. They had, they had the puck very long shift. Remember at the end of the first period, Nick Watt. and, and, what happens there? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I, it's one thing to have puck management. You're doing a good job. You're putting a ton of shots on net, but they're just cycling, passing the puck around. I, I didn't. There was no. There were no results, and everyone's like, "Oh, they finally woke up and they're doing well in the offensive zone." I'm like, "Where?" Yeah, no, it was very strange. And I pointed out that Nick Wah, he had some contact. Uh, I mean, Colin Miller, he was uh, crushing people, and as, as a lot of people were. But Colin Miller, uh, you know, former BGK, credited him for a game well played. And, uh, you know, maybe he maybe he wanted to welcome back video, even though he's probably gotten one four times already. It's probably – this is what his second team since leaving, uh, Buffalo than Dallas. Okay. So he's, he's making the rounds right now. But, uh, you know, Colin Miller, good dude, huge shot when it actually connects, obviously. Um, so going back to the end of the first period, there was some control, at least there was something on the other side of the blue line where BGK might've had something, but Nick, Wah, he, um, something happened. There's like 40 seconds left in the, in the shift or in the period. And he skates off right away. He didn't, he didn't look comfortable. And in that circumstance, there's no reason for a forward to go off the ice. I don't care how tired they are. You got to at least finish and, you know, you got to kind of sell out a little bit there. So I'm not saying anything against Nick Wah. I'm simply saying there was a reason he went off and something was bothering him there. But at least there was a little bit of momentum at the end of the first. At least they showed they could control the puck on the appropriate side of the rink. And I felt like they would at least come out and start the second period a little bit better. And outside of that one power play, like, I don't know, midway through the second, where it looked like they scored in, in Cassidy's uh, uh, terminology, it looked like they scored three times. You know, I thought the, I thought they were going to review once. It looked like it was going right in, and I don't know I don't know how it didn't go in, but bad luck, unfortunately. You know, so it, it was just bad, Tony. Like, it was bad. They were not – like, at least the Pete DeBoer game, they would have had 46 shots on goal and it would have been bad. 
I, what I guess, was our goal shots? Well, I, I, I had, I looked last night. But I looked, I, yeah, I forgot, but it was 20 something, 26 thereabouts. It was more know, than it was 20. L- lower than the grand salami that I lost $11 on. <laughs> okay. So 27. Uh, 27. Ah, I was off one. Okay. So did you notice? Okay. You talked a little bit about Colin Miller. Part of the game plan for Dallas was to take out Paul Cotter. Yep. I, they were game planning against Paul Cotter. There was one shift. Where I'm telling you, he deep was in the getting first, deep in the Colin. First. Yes, Colin Miller was cross checking him and just smashing him and smashing him in the back. Then they were tangling. A lot of players were hitting him in the corners. Did you notice that? And why would they go after Paul Cotter to think that he was part? Uh, that was part of the strategy. Part of their game plan was to take him out of the game. There was no doubt. They repeatedly went after him. I mean, if you're going to talk about the energy players that were on the roster last night, Colasar. Nick Waugh fits that mold. Nick Waugh was, was getting a little, little dirty last night. And then Paul Cotter, I think, is the first one that comes to mind once we get out of that, that line four. And Cotter, he's a good hitter. Like, Cotter's best attribute as a hitter isn't when he's actually the attacker. It's when someone is closing in on him and he just explodes and does a reverse hit. But I, I will buy that they were certainly, when Cotter was out there, they were looking to give him a little bit extra. Are they targeting Cotter? I don't know about that, but... You know, are they looking to say, I mean, Keegan Colasar was uh, not seen at all in the first period. I, I was, the second I saw the line rushes and when they took Nick Watt off that line, you knew that Colasar was going to be buried for a while. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about the coaching side, but I thought that was a terrible decision. No else, no way else to say it on not keeping at least two thirds of that line four intact. Cause that's been our best line, Tony. That right. has been the best line, and we, we joke all we want about Colasar and stuff, but we have to give him a ton of credit. 6.6 games, yeah, getting the crowd going with hits, with fights, doing things that don't measure on the score sheet. And now you basically took him out of the game, and the game was out of reach when they tried to get him. They, he got some first line time. Not a lot, but he got some shifts alongside of Eichel and insert random player XYZ here. Um that was the one decision I didn't like. And I honestly thought Aiden Hill would, was going to get the start yesterday. You know, I, I was surprised twice uh, before I made up to my seats after warmups yesterday. Uh, when we return, we're going to talk about what is wrong with VGK players not producing. We address that when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. We want to thank our good partners at Bet Online, betonline.net. They have everything that you possibly need. Um, bet online with all the lines updated uh, that we saw yesterday. Uh, we saw the chances to make it uh, into the playoffs. Uh, VGK now falling a little bit behind, uh, uh, behind even Seattle. Now, when you take a look at things there, bet online with all the props, odds, and lines uh, that you've uh, needed. And from pro football to college and pro basketball to the NHL, we've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports ca- uh, sports podcast, I should say, you even can find those at Bet Online as well. And we're always the fastest, the easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn a lot more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Lost my <clears throat> place there, Chris, as you can tell. Yeah, stumbling, bumbling. It happens to the bumbling. best of us. Wait, I-, I thought it was the camera. It felt like a Monday morning to us. Uh, we thank you all for making us your. Uh, first listen of the day and uh, again you could find us on twitter and also make sure that you subscribe to our youtube channel and chris 
Uh, let's talk about why VGK not producing of late. Uh, again, Cassidy yesterday uh, telling you, I think it was your question, part of it. He had a long answer, uh, lacking effort and execution. And he said he wants to see more uh, out of his uh, his leaders. Yeah, so he did mention against um, about the division rivals this past Saturday about the leaders not necessarily conveying the importance of division games and something along those lines. And, you know, Cassie says it how it is. Pete DeBoer, you know, happy-go-lucky Pete, you know, his dog could get run over and he'd still come to the rink smiling. And maybe that's not the best analogy, but point being is we get a much more honest perspective of what is happening in the locker room. And you wonder how these messages are being conveyed. We'll get more into the coach side of this in a little bit, but um, Chandler Stevenson, again, one of our leaders, uh, not necessarily by letter, but he is one of the leaders of this team. I believe he was no shots on goal for the past three games, one shot on goal last night. And he was also at least buried to start the game down on line three, which I actually thought that was an interesting move. And even though I didn't like seeing Nick Watt off of line four, I understand trying him on line one, you know, to see if that could shake things up. And DeBoer wanted three lines last, or sorry, I'm not, now he's in my head. Um, Cassie wanted three lines last night. He wanted to try to find a way, because you knew you weren't going to get Ron Bjerg, you know, freeze. It, it's not, you can't ask for much out of those fellows. And, you know, Phil Kessel, if anyone's seen him, please let me know, because he, he disappeared last night too. So basically it was two lines last night when the dust settled, and those two lines didn't do a whole lot. But, Stevenson, one shot on goal last night. Eichel, one shot on goal last night. These players that were just so largely noticeable, you're not seeing it from. And one thing I was thinking about last night, you know, Eichel's line, it's it's a revolving door. Who's playing with him? Line three is a revolving door. Line four is an injury revolving door. But where's the misfit line during this? At least the misfit line, they played together for a long time. And they did start the game together last night. And spent most of the time, you know, on the ice together. They're not doing anything either right now. Like if there's one line that we need to be able to turn to, that's not going to be line four. It's Carlson, Marchessault, Riley Smith. That has to be the line while everything else works it out. That needs to be our energy line. That needs to be our go-to line. That needs to be the line that shuts the other team down and creates opportunity. Um, Carlson did have a close opportunity on, on the first power play last night. He had a stick down, just it, it missed a stick, fine, whatever. That was a decent power play. And, you know, I, I'm not one to get on the refs a whole lot, but I'll, I'll, we'll bring something else up from last night. I thought VGK could have, might have had a couple more. Carlson blatantly tripped. Uh, Eichel took a took a cross check from behind. And, you know, that that's not the difference in the outcome, but I try to acknowledge it because I defend the refs so, so much, probably more than I should. But back to the players, I mean, so much talent out there, so much talent out there. And you look at the Edmonton game, you look at this game, just they're, they're disappearing for a long time right now. And it's on Cassidy to at least prepare these guys in practice. It's on the players to execute and somewhere that message, whether he's not doing a good job delivering it or the players don't want to hear it. I don't know. I got to tell you, I uh, watching the game yesterday and I gave up uh, right after the start of the third period, but I said, there's no way that they were going to win the game. Um, Cassidy was fuming. He was so fired up and so mad on that bench. I got and you him, could see one him video swearing. Just, and, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, he was very animated. Um, Cassidy's saying the interior game was poor. Um, 
Now, I've said that there aren't the right players in this Cassidy system. And I think that that's part of the issue right now. But why do they go 13 and 3 then? Maybe, okay, maybe it's because teams hadn't seen these players, okay. this style, a lot of different things caught them. I don't That's know. Fair. And they maybe, maybe, and they did have emotion. You have to admit that they played with a lot more emotion early in the season. I mean, listen, let's, let's look at two marquee games right now where the players did respond. Jack Eichel's return to Buffalo. Right. Bruce Cassidy's return to Boston. You know, so this team does have a gear and they, there's other games where we've seen it too. Um, let's look at the Montreal game when Petrangelo takes that just nasty board and, uh, the entire bench, you know, I think chance even ran on the ice in Montreal to chase down whoever it was that, uh, that hit Petrangelo that game. So there is a, a togetherness of this team. There is emotion, but thing when things aren't going right, it's tough to find that sometimes. And whether that's, you know, for an athlete, whether that's for our personal lives, when things aren't going well, you know, we have bad days at work or whatever it is that me and you do for, for our incomes, Tony, you know, where things, you know, we, we could have been better for whatever reason we weren't. And, you know, it's very easy for us to criticize, but I think it's important always just to acknowledge that we're talking about humans right now that, you know, it's just, it's not always going to work. I want to go back to the country club environment. I, I do, because that was in my notes. It's so funny that you brought that up earlier. And sure. as long as you have these players going to Foley, and Foley's back, right? So he's back for the last two games, and you know that they're whining and complaining to Bill Foley. We've seen that. We know that they meet with him, that they have lunch, and then he says he addresses the issues. The owner needs to get away from all this. This is why they've been now on their third coach. It, it's it's a fact. I'm just talking facts here because there's something not right here where the players, if they don't get their way or the amount of ice time, I, I know Cassidy was like, players, he goes, yeah, a player might come into my office and say, I, I want to have more ice time. Are, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Like, these are professionals, and I feel that there's more interference. We haven't even gotten into uh, the front office in a long time. But to me, that's part of this country club environment. And if they're not getting what they want, they go and they whine to Bill Foley. It's a fact. It's an absolute fact. And when Foley said, oh, yeah, me with the players, they tell me, you know, some of the issues that are going on. And then I go and address them. No, no, he needs to step back. It's fair. And it's um, a different world. And this is something that you and I talked about, whether it's in a, you know, a professional sports environment or, a corporation, a large corporation on the strip or the multiple large corporations on the strip where there is this um, different level of communication. And, you know, it's it's very strange. And it, it is very strange because the coach needs to coach, the GM needs to GM, the owner needs to own. And, you know, somewhere it, it all works out. And this is, okay, so going back to the first couple seasons, right? We didn't necessarily see this out of Foley. Foley was, you know, he was around, but... You didn't see him making a lot of comments about, you know, being as noticeable, about being involved. And then obviously the market, well, goes back to the Nate Schmidt trade, then the Mark andre Fleury trade. And, you know, all these, and now back to Pacioretty, all these notable players leaving, and it makes a lot of noise in the media. And Foley has an ego. Like, I don't care what anyone says, Foley has an ego. He wants to be the best. He wants to win. It's bigger than your head on TMZ, Tony. Yeah, whatever it is. I mean, and listen, it's his baby. He has every right to. Let's also acknowledge that. The TMZ line. Oh, it's bigger than your head on TMZ. Um, So you know, this time it was okay. My last appearance on TMZ, I was much much better. 
There you go. Good job, Tony. Good job. Checks in the mail. So, you know, you wonder how this whole thing is working out. And this is the stuff you're not going to hear. Maybe uh, two and a half years from now when Cassidy gets his walking papers and, you know, relieves Pete DeBoer of his duties down in Dallas, maybe we'll get a better uh, perspective of what's happening right now. And, and there was irony last night, like watching the Pete DeBoer tribute video. We're on our third coach in six seasons. Mm-hmm. The tenure of an NHL coach, it's it's tough. It's tough. And this is partially why I think we get a very honest version of Cassidy. We're going to talk a little more about this later, but you know, these coaches aren't going to be here for a long time. As me and Jesse Granger were talking on the way into a game the other day, you know, coach, he doesn't need to be these guys, players, these guys, friends. He needs to come in right. and coach his way and do his thing because chances are, yeah, there's interference. There's no doubt. There's interference. You can see that. Exactly. You can sense that one other thing though, um, Cassie just has to quit it with the line shifts and the line changes. I'll save my he comments just, for the next segment, but yeah, you want to do that. Okay. We can do that when we return. Uh, again, uh, when we return, we're going to talk about how Bruce Cassidy is currently addressing everything that's going on. Uh, how are they going to get rid of this home slump? We'll talk about that when we return here on Lockdown Golden Knights. Welcome back on Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. We thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. And uh, again, please subscribe to the YouTube channel and you could find us there on Lockdown Golden Knights. And uh, Chris, so how is Bruce Cassidy addressing the home slump here in Las Vegas? And on this homestand, VGK comes in to the next game with a record of two and three. It's, you know... The, what, what do we say? Four, two, and one, Tony. So we're already going to be off on our on our prediction there. We are off to a good start. We're off to a good start, and then you know. Um, so how is he addressing it? Number one, again, a, with a very honest take, a very honest take. And you know, one of the things I'm that that I'm taking away right now is Cassidy has mentioned you can do so much as the coach. You got you have to get the players ready. You know, whether it's in practice, whether it's what you discuss before the game starts, but. Once the game starts, it is on the players to execute. And a statement like that, there is a lot of gravity there because he is saying, listen, I've, I got these guys set up. I've done all that I can. And now it's on them once, once, once the game starts. And the fact that they're not executing, now you have this strange push and pull happening. Who's to blame right now? Is it Cassidy? Is it the players? Is it both? Is it Foley? Is it, you know, I don't know. And one thing I think we do have to acknowledge right now, we're seeing injuries pile up, but they're not bone, you know, like Shea Theodore. Okay. That's a bad luck contact injury. Zach Whitecloud getting falling on. That's a bad luck injury, but we're seeing other things happening. Mark Stone disappearing. Alec Martinez disappearing. We are seeing some of these non-contact injuries adding up. And one quote that I did have, I've been on the McCrimmon bandwagon for a long time now. And I have been very clear that, listen, we have a veteran roster that is winning and doing things well. And he put together a very good roster that may have a chance at a cup run. I'm not necessarily thinking the same thing at this moment, but I will eat my words if this aging roster starts breaking down and and keeps getting hurt like this. Well, I'm starting to take a bite of my own words right now because Alec Martinez is wearing down. Mark Stone is wearing down. We have other aging. <laughs> Alex Petrangelo, my goodness, another game over 30 minutes and his, and his average ice time probably went down. I mean, so, you know, it's not all on him. It's, you know, all, all the defense keeps going down right now around him. 
So we're starting to pay for the age of this roster and these, these vets. There is a, a risk. There's a gamble. So, you know, how this pertains to Cassidy and stuff, it's tough. It is tough for him to put together a roster that is about half NHL players, about half AHL players. And then in the middle, you have these journeyman players, Ben Hutton, for example, who don't, oh my God, now I'm doing it again. Oh my goodness. What is happening here? What is happening here? <laughs> All right, we're back. We're back, friends. What a weird day. What a day. What a day. So, We've you got know, gremlins. Yeah. it's just, yeah, there's something going on. Something, maybe, maybe blame Zoom. We thank you for tuning in. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. And we'll see you tomorrow right here on Lockdown Golden Knights.